Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. World's crap. We know all that. Do you know what's? Not, I, I'm not even going to go into it because I'm just going to ignore it. Everything's, everything's like screw it. Nothing's going on in the world. Stu's with me. How you doing, Stu? Let's talk video games, Stu. Yeah, it'll be an excellent escape from everything else. Yeah, happy to. And uh, I haven't had a chance to play anything this week, which is disgraceful. I, I played a little bit of Terminator Resistance uh, again, and yeah, I'm really enjoying that. So I can update on the gameplay of that. So um, th- there's a really good balance of resource gathering and management and upgrades and you know shooting stuff without it being too... You know, oh, it's just an ARPG style thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great distraction, and I've not, unfortunately, yeah, I had two on the docket. I downloaded Grid Legends. I would never. Oh, that's yes, that's what I wanted to talk about as well. <laughs> EA, but um, oh. yeah, uh, downloaded that because it's on Game Pass, and I also bought the Witch Queen expansion for Destiny Two to get back into Destiny Two and have a go on because it. I always find fun in that. But yeah, no, it was just, I was just really disappointed to see that... And we talked about this last week, but it wasn't on the podcast. Disappointed to see that Codemasters, who I've loved you know, pretty much since their inception in, in the like mm. early 90s or whatever... The get, old BMX simulator yeah. and the Dizzy games, yeah. That's right. Um, get bought out by EA, who is one of my most hated companies. It's really, really, really disappointing. Like, crushingly yeah. disappointing. Oh, yeah, no, it is. It's As far as I'm concerned, that's no longer Codemasters. Exactly. They've, they've ceased to exist now. And how long are the... I mean, you know, the, the original like guys aren't there anyway, but even if they were, how long would they r- remain after EA took them over? Uh, they'll just be shuttered like everything else soon enough. Yeah, assets so stripped. They, and- to me, you, you say Codemasters, and the first thing that comes to mind is the Oliver Twins. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And and they kind of packed up and went quite a while ago, didn't they? If memory serves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. And then you know some of the the older Tocker games, and they which turned into Race Driver. They were so fun, but uh, Grid's a homogenized experience, like all other racing games at the moment. There's no. I, I look at racing games now, and there's no character in any of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally ties into what we were saying last week about franchises yeah actually i tell you what i'm gonna add another half game in because i started (laughs) playing one uh this week which i was gonna save until next week but if we want to talk about um a video game that has um character i've just got to remember what it's actually called which is not a good sign but there we go so one game, I I got a refund for a game on on Steam that I had picked up a little while like a couple of weeks ago, and it was just too bad. I just could not play it because of my eyes. It yeah. had no um, no accessibility. I was like, I can't give you a refund. And Steam gave me a refund, um, which was really good. So I picked one out up called Trail or out Trail out Trail out T R A I L. However you pronounce that in your regions. Um, <laughs> Basically, what this game is trying to be is um, a, a a spiritual successor to the flat out games, uh, not in that Wreckfest way either, where Wreckfest has kind of gone in its own direction, but it's from the team behind Flat Out. Uh, this has gone. Hey, we loved Flat Out Ultimate Carnage. Do you remember that game? It was so so good. And uh, basically, it's a four four person team, and they've gone and made the game. 
Um, now, I'm going to take a little guess that the people behind this are from Eastern Europe, um, purely because all the characters have, like, Eastern European accents and are called Mikhail and stuff like that. So, excellent. Um, it's basically a love letter to Flat Out. And it's, it's it's essentially, if you ignore what he's actually Flat Out for and whatever, this is Flat Out for, in all, of Flat Out Ultimate Carnage 2, in all but name. Um, it's buggy as hell at the moment. It's still in early access. Um, it is buggy as hell. It doesn't play that great. I mean, I've only played it on my Steam Deck so far, so I'm going to play it on the uh, computer at some point. Doesn't play that great. It's jerky. Frame rates are all over the place to the point even I can see it. But there's character there. Um, it's cheesy as hell. It's like, I'm going to do a really bad accent now, but you get like this character come out and he's like, I am going to make the top of the blacklist. And then it's got this really bad, like 90s, 2000 CGI cutscenes to it and everything. And it is just proper cheesy. And it's bad at the moment. But I couldn't help but play it with a huge, massive smile on my face. And I want more people to know about this game. It only came out, as what we recorded, it's the 9th today. It came out on the 7th of September of 2022. Um, and I just, yeah, we're talking about like how a lot of racing games have no character anymore. You know, there's just like just iterations of the same. No, this has gone back to a day where games like someone went oh let's just have fun with it and it's just it's just wonderful it's bad but it's wonderful and it's gonna be good if they if they get the support and people pick this up and they get to do what they want to do you can see they want to do this is gonna be so good it's bad at the moment but in such a good way yeah <laughs> yeah no i totally understand that and, and that's the way that you and i have been going with games for you know for quite a long time really is just Looking, not even bothering to look into the AAA market for anything that we like as as genre staples, you know, like racing games. It's it's keeping your eye out on the periphery. And I must have played for every like AAA game that I've picked up cheap late on in its life cycle. I must have picked up three racing games on day of release or close to that have come yeah. from indie developers, you know, and uh, you know, just even like thinking of phase shift just a couple of weeks back and you know yeah i got grid legends but i wouldn't pay for that especially not now with aea no. um, but you know all sorts like phase shift and and like trail out you know that's where we live with these things now and it's, it's the best place to be even if they're not fully polished and shiny yeah, to be able to give you an idea of how unpolished this is. So you start off and it does that thing where it drops you into something and tries to set up a story. And it goes, ah, oh, you must win the race. And so you go and it's jerky as hell. And you just like, you can go to my site and if it, I can't see where I'm going, I'll just fly off somewhere. And then I'm like, oh, right, try and get back into it, carry on. And then it just goes, ah, that'll do. You have won the race. <laughs> I was like, I'm last and I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, oh, you must finish in the top three. And you, you kind of like do some bits. And he goes, oh, that'll do. Let's get you moving forward. Nice. And it's just, the cheesy acting is just, oh, you know, if the Bugbear team who make Wreckfest had a budget of £100 to make their game and their successor to flat out, this is being made on a budget of a fiver. It's just yeah. so, so good. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, it's so 
bad, but it's good and it's got so much heart. And I just really want this to succeed. Um, I mean, yeah. they don't need to do much. They just need to nail that, nail the um, the uh, the frame rates and stuff like that, and the tighten the controls a bit. It's made in Unreal Engine. I can't remember if it's Unreal Engine five or four, but it looks lovely. And the damage models are really good as well, and stuff like that. And it's crazy. It's even got like the stuff like do you know on flat out where you used to do the you, you drive the car down the ramp and you fling the guy out the out the car and he goes and hits like um like you've got to try and get him in a basketball net or get him into certain <laughs> targets to get yeah. score. It's got versions of that in it, and I'm like, yes, that's what I want. Nice, bring it back. But I'm gonna go back and play flat out Ultimate Carnage as well because I love that game. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this this is brilliant. Check it out. I mean, it's like fifteen quid, I think. Um, uh, but if you want games with characters to, to succeed, I urge you to go and give them the money they need to make this work. It's 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 you can tell there's love to it, and that's what I want to see from indie video game developers. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's the differentiator. It's what makes them stand out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that, that was kind of a tangent based on what you were saying about um like grid legends and, and stuff like that it's ea just i don't you know they're gonna put out a new need for speed at some point what's grid gonna become um what happens with the dirt series and you know when they was under um like uh, dirt and colin mccray uh sorry and, and grid and stuff like that were under codemasters as codemasters were before they still had some charm the original grid which even though I'm first like, oh my god, what have they done to the Toka series? Worked. It, it, I thought it was. I still think it's a wonderful game. The original Grid. Um, it's got a, it's got a weight to it, and it, it feels dirty in a good way and stuff like that. Whereas now it's just all. I don't know what it's going to become. Um, you know, we've got Forza, we've got Gran Turismo, we've got all that the like the i Racings, the Automobilistas, Project Cars, all that. We've got all that. Where's the fun? Even Need for Speed's not fun anymore. Ah, uh, but that used to be fun. Bring back the fun. Yes, yes, sadly missing. Very, very noticeably missing in, in the the major games. But yeah, no, I, I like these little indie ones. So they're excellent. Yes. Uh, but anyway, moving on, on to um, a game that is the polar opposite of this. Um, is a game called Okanai Island, an Earthlock adventure. Which... At the moment, there seems to be a massive rise in popularity of relaxing farming-type sims, uh, where, you know, you just go about, you do your own bit, build your own farms or houses and stuff like that, and just plod along. You explore if you want, build if you want, whatever you fancy doing, it's up to you. And uh, Okanai, I'm, I'm probably butchering that, but Okanai Island is just another one of those. Again, it's in early access, came out... I want to say middle of August. Um, and you just you just go about, you do your stuff, um, just make this island what you want it to be. You find wildlife, you can befriend the wildlife. Um, you can 
craft weapons because there is some kind of battling in there but i haven't kind of got to that yet or at least i've not played in a way that has that but you can like sort of like craft weapons and make them more powerful to probably defend your base or something like that i'd imagine similar to how you do it like rimworld possibly you because it's a farming game you do your crops and everything and you grow those and then you you kind of sell them and then you do more you get to go around and sort of like meet people on your island you can play it co-op and stuff like that as well um, there's pirates in there and it just throws all these bits and it's, it's it's still clearly in early access but it's just another stardew valley animal crossing type hybrid game and it's fine i'm enjoying it for what it is uh i'd still much rather play something like stardew valley uh because i think it's just established enough and the problem with these games is you can't play too many of them because they all require your attention. Yes. And that's the problem. They're all pretty good, but there's too many of them. But I don't want to gatekeep and say, oh, this shouldn't come out because I want people to find the one they like. Um, and this ticks all the boxes. And if you're after one and you, are, you haven't started one, it also seems simple enough as something to get into, which is good. It's something Animal Crossing has over, I think, any other life sim. Is that what we call them? Life I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Animal Crossing is so simple to get into. I thought Stardew Valley was quite difficult to get into until you do get into it and then you kind of get it. This goes more for that Animal Crossing side of things. So it, it, it's pretty decent. I'm, You know, it's in early access. I don't know when it's actually due to come out, uh, but I've played what I like of it and go, I'm going to check this out again. I don't want to continue playing while it's in early access. Uh, but it's one that I've got it. Once it hits 1.0, I think I'll jump back in again. It's pretty interesting. Cool, yeah. Now, like you say, people have to try a few different ones to see if it's the right flavour for them, which mm. can be a bit of a challenge when there's so many. Because even if you, even if there is a demo, it's not like you're going to play every demo, you know, uh, right. even, even then. Um, yeah, like, the market can get a bit flooded with these things. But, I mean, graphically, it looks nice, I suppose... A lot of these things are going to live or die on their first impression, and it definitely has a nice first impression. Oh, yeah, I mean, it plays well with everything. I think the UI is pretty good. It lacks accessibility options, um, which is a shame. But again, I've actually fed that back in places um, on, on certain things to say this needs a dark UI. Every single game needs a alternate UI. Um, it just helps. Um, sure. It's, it's, it's just simple as it just comes to that now there's no excuses anymore for me um but it is in early access so i'm not gonna sort of like go oh this is the end of the world it they can fix it if they decide to if they don't then so be it i won't play it and something i want to start doing with we've decided i want to start gathering a list of games that i think are good for accessibility that are playable whether they've got access accessibility options or not stuff that i think's playable and as it stands with oak and i island i need to be having a really good day to be able to play it that's the biggest shame about it but that might change in the 1.0 it's enjoyable though when i have got to play it i've enjoyed it it's not quite Stardew Valley, it's not quite Animal Crossing, but it is a good, solid game that I think if you're a first-timer, you'll get a lot of fun from. Very nice. Cool. And the other main one I want to talk about 
is Call of the Wild, the Angler. Now, as far as I was always aware, Call of the Wild, I think it was that hunting game where you shoot like deer and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm never sure what I feel about those games, in all fairness, uh, because we're okay like mowing down civilians and murdering people in, you know, Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, whatever. We're okay with all that. Uh, but the hunter is like, but that's that's a deer or it's something like that. And, oh, you can't do that. But at the same time, if you can do it on a video game and it maybe stops you having to go and do it in real life, then is it a good thing? That you is know, a really so, good question, actually. You know, would a fox hunting game be okay? Because <laughs> it allows because it allows people to live out those fantasies if they have them, rather than actually going and killing innocent foxes. Um, I'm not saying this, that's a debate for another time, so I'm not saying it's the right answer. What I'm trying to get to the point of. <laughs> um, Call of the Wild, the angler, is just a fishing game. It's got loads of little bits in it. So you've got your main fish and I'll come to all that in a minute. But you get these, like you kind of, it's got this guided semi sort of story where, oh, you could do these bits and it will help you get money and upgrade and stuff like that. Uh, but it's kind of almost open world at the same time. Uh, visually lovely. Like the, the lakes you go to, the water is amazing. Like the trees and the everything all looks really, really good. They've done a really good job of this um you, you get to drive places you get boats you have to buy different lures and bay and floats and rods and even different boats and cars uh, there's people who give you little challenges such as oh you know i want you to go and find things that tourists might like in our established outposts you're like okay i kind of get it that you want to give me that but surely if this is your outpost and you've built all these cabins and everything you might know what all the touristy bits are not just the random who's walked in to start fishing so i get why they do it it's just one of those things you just kind of go that kind of takes me out of the immersion just a little bit maybe other things you could do to to do as little rewards if i do them but that's all that's all fluff um fishing game for me lives and dies on what's the fishing like um and the fishing here is really good it's you know you you, you kind of find your spot you you cast your you cast your your rods i mean i don't know all the terms i don't do fishing in real life i can't stand fishing in real life um you cast your rod you wait for a nibble then a bite and you start reading in the fish and you've got to do that oh not too much tension on the line you've got to try and fight the fish whites in the water moving backwards and forwards until you eventually bring it in and you've got a little diddly fish and it was like how on earth was that putting down at my rod it's like a goldfish but anyway you kind you kind of do it you get it and then he goes oh okay you get a bigger one here and then you go on you can get different fish by getting different rods and go to different areas and all that and all that um and it's just relaxing. Just a lovely, relaxing game. There's something about fishing in video game form that I like. It's just relaxing. And it got me to thinking with two things with this. Um, essentially, if you like fishing games, you'll like that. That will that, do on review side. Um, but what it got me to thinking is these are what should be chat rooms or hangout spaces online. Because I was thinking, like, I was, I was sat there and I was playing it and I was just thinking, this would be lovely just to, like, to hang out in and chat with people on a Discord server or something like that. 
Uh, just all fishing, you know, maybe even a little competition between yourselves, you know. I'm all going to sit around for a couple of hours and have a chat, so, like, you know, wait for the world to go by. Um, and we'll fish. And let's see who's got the biggest fish at the end or, or something like that. And that's what I want to see more of. Um, of experiences whether that's something you could do in vr one day i don't know like proper hangouts um i, I want to see this less of a game and more of a just a hangout a thing to relax with um because we're running we're getting to a point where more and more people haven't got the money to take up a hobby properly at the moment and fishing's not a cheap hobby from what i understand and being able to sit at your computer or a games console and fish whilst chatting to friends or even family the other side of the world or whatever, I think that's a market for that. And no one seems to have quite tapped into it yet. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think to a degree, yeah. Um, I, I can't answer on it kind of like 100% because I know there's a lot of smaller games that kind of try and do that. And there, mm. there's quite a few VR ones that try and do that. And like VR is almost the perfect kind of platform for that sort of a thing. Like if you're thinking about where to take it, because what I always think is that it it it's hard to capture somebody's attention and keep it on games like that because if they kind of if they're not immersed in it or they're not in the mood, it's very difficult to draw them into that mood. You know, like it's it's much easier to draw people into something exciting because you go we we promise you this thing happening every 30 seconds or every minute or whatever whereas this is like oh we're giving you a general experience slash feeling that's supposedly able to last forever come and join us and then tentatively raises two thumbs up kind of a thing and it's like yeah it's 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 a tough one but i know that um if you're gonna do it well i think you need to have quite a lot of hooks uh, in it um no no no. <laughs> no you're not having that one no no, <laughs> <laughs> no that's, that's that's a good one i'll yeah, let you have that disgusting one. but yeah no fair enough um <laughs> i like i think the way that everybody's golf and everybody's tennis do things is, is really really good uh and people could take a lesson from their book so make sure you've got areas that are intended to be like totally relaxed so think about like Zelda when you, you choose to go fishing and it's like this is a frantic game but I've decided to go for a rest within it um, but you've also got the option of like going into a shop and spending hundreds of dollars a second kind of a thing and levelling up stats and things like that just having a gamified part of it that you can go yeah. to I this this links in with something I've been thinking about for a long time is that we what we lost from the early uh, home computer era and PC era is that genreless kind of game where people just went, all right, I'm going to make a game. I want to make it about you know a king and his, his subjects and you know war and tension. And they go, okay, well you know I'm telling this story on oh yeah I want I want cutscenes or, or I want text scenes where you're looking at cartoons of, of these people but I also want like a, a management style bit in it where you can work out the country's finances oh but I want a bit on horseback where you're where you're actually jousting you know what I mean it's like yeah. they didn't think about they just thought about what they could do with the idea that would be fun rather than going I'm making an RPG I'm making a racing game I'm making an action game 
And I think that that would apply very much to this. You get get going and you go, okay, well, I'm being honest with myself and being out here fishing for two hours straight is not brilliant. Not on its own. I need something else. What can I put in this game that will, that will defy the genre and and get people really hooked into it? And I'm probably just rambling on way too much now. But, you know, I just think that sometimes you kind of go, if, if people are going, I'm creating a relaxed fishing simulator they're going on the wrong path. They shouldn't be thinking like that. They should be thinking of making a fun and interesting experience that is mostly relaxing, but gives you, you know, like I say, a hook. <laughs> oh, yeah. And hopefully you're with me on this one and you'll follow my line of thinking to, to give me the prompts that I what I'm after, okay? Now, outside of light guns, the best peripheral you could ever use was on a Dreamcast system. And it was easily, it made what should be a rubbish game amazing by having this one peripheral. What sort of peripheral are you, do you think I'm thinking of, Stu? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, the fishing, the fishing rod, yeah. Which because I that own. felt good. Actually, it had something, didn't it? It felt so tactile. And you felt like you was actually reeling in that fish. And that was back in, what, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s yeah. that came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've now got, Quite possibly, I've not yet to use one, but from everything I've heard from other people, we've got quite possibly one of the most advanced controllers in terms of tactile feedback ever released in the dual sense. Yeah. Now, what happens if we put that technology into a Sega Bass fishing fishing rod, real peripheral? That would be awesome. <laughs> and you release that as a something that can be used on PC, maybe like a PC thing to start with, and it goes, it's compatible with fishing games. And you get that, you actually get to feel it into the, um, in, in, you know, in, in the rods, you know, it, it tugs down on you and stuff like that as you, um, as a as a fish nibbles on, and as you're feeling, you get, you get to feel it all with all the, all the tactile feedback. Um, I just think that'd be really good because one of the things I did, I started playing this keyboard and mouse, uh, because I something up with my controller, so I couldn't play it. And I, you had to wait for it on screen to go strike to say, oh, they start reading in, which is fine. But I've got a mouse, and there's like no tactile feedback in a mouse, and that got me then thinking, why don't we have that sort of tactile feedback in a mouse? Where's that option? Uh, that if I if I'm playing something, you know, whether it's a shooter or something like that, why you know you're using your mouse clicks to shoot people and, and stuff like that why is there not that tension or that tactile feedback in that mouse you know i i still think sega bass fishing what that did i think was part of the development as to why things like the uh the dual shot controller and vibrations left in rumble stuff in, in, in controllers became so apparent because it worked so well in that custom controller and it's those custom controllers that breed innovation and can we then fit that into a controller and again i i just think sort of like something like this if you could get some proper tactile dual sense style control feedback into a, a sega bass fishing style i mean just literally redo say the sega's fishing rod because that was perfect redo that and then you could build from that and go well what can we do could what, what can we do to advance light guns what can we do to advance the mouse what can we do to advance i don't know let's let's think of a new like uh beat mania controller and stuff like that how much can we advance all this because 
I think a lot of the problems people had with plastic peripherals is they were just, that's all they were. They were plastic peripherals. And it's just like, it doesn't actually feel that good. Whereas when you go back to a light gun, you go back to the bass, the Sega bass fishing, um, uh, fishing rod, they felt good to use. Um, the reasons the guitars for Guitar Hero work, they felt good to use initially because they were new and they'd done these new things and then they just kind of stood still and just repeated and repeated and they got boring. It's like more of the same. Uh, but I think these games can lead to innovation. Um, and again, I know you're saying, and I agree with you, that it should be part of something and like, like go job with us and add things in. But at the same time, I think if you said to someone... Or if you released a game that was is a game, it's compatible with the latest fishing rod peripheral with dual sense technologies. Um, it's you could just go and fish on your own, or you can fish with some mates and have a chat because it's got you know you got your headsets and discords or whatever all built in. I think that would do game busters as well because I think people need escapism and it offers an escapism, and you can do it in like the depths of winter as well without getting too cold. Um, and it just adds to something. I, I'm rambling now, Stu. Just make me shut up. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of agree, but there's so many... There's a, there's a lot of problems. Um, like, traditionally, people haven't really bought into peripherals, and if they, ha if they haven't come in the box with the original console, mm. and if they do, the problem has been support on the game side. And then, on the other side of it, we've kind of solved that problem with VR. Because all of the ones that you get with the modern VR devices are superb because they have all of that um, haptic technology built into them and you've got a headset so everything you see you're doing with your hands is represented. So you can do any activity that is done with your hands. Yes, including that one. Um, <laughs> you can <What> have tennis? <laughs> yeah, of course. You uh -oh. can have that represented in, in your game. Um, but the problem is that hasn't grown to the, to the extent that that they thought it would and that's why like the the dual sense even though it's really good is a bit reductive because yes it's nice to have you know the, the features of it are great don't get me wrong but you can't just suddenly turn around and and feel that it feels like a you know you're using it as a fishing rod or using it as a light gun you know it, it is very constrained by its shape and, and format and the reason that the we the the remote only you did so well is because it was the only way they gave you to play um if they gave you an option uh, in the box that wasn't that no one would have used it um they would have been too afraid of it so it's really hard the the concepts and the ideas outstrip what people are willing to get on board with by quite a significant margin mm. and i think it is mostly just cost because that people love playing with light guns and flinging basketballs into a hoop in arcades you know what i mean dropping yeah. dropping pound coins something that's very physical tactile but you know getting that supported on the home machines it feels like a climb in a hill most of the time Oh, it does. And it, it comes down to as well, I mean, you look at, I think, a lot of game genres. Um, I know sort of like in the, it, we'll go back, we'll circle back, we'll almost like we planned this. We'll circle back to racing games. And you play with a, an Xbox Series controller or DualSense and you get rumble uh, to make you feel the track, which is brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant what they do with that. Yet they've not expanded that to other games. They've not expanded that to, say, like a tennis game or a football game or snooker game in terms of sports-based ones. Or even platformers, um, whereby, say, like, if you're playing 
a Teddy Scape. I want to, as the ball hits your racket and you're pressing, you want to feel that tactile feedback. You don't get that. Yeah. As you press a button to pass a ball, you kind of get almost a as you hit it. Or if you line up for a big shot, you kind of feel that in the button as you hit it. Um, or if you're playing, um, you know, snooker, you kind of like use your analog stick to pull back and then push. And you almost get a, a sudden slight hit as you clip that ball and you get to feel that and i know the dual sense could do that stuff and also you take that to platformers you know if you're playing dead cells for example and you jump down from quite a height and you land i want my controller to give me that 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 tactile feedback that's lacking in basic games basic controls which they can do in that um and the only time i remember really feeling that outside of controls i say is with the bass fishing controller because that had tactile feedback. So I might be thinking sort of like retro vision with that, but it felt tactile. And that is something I still think is missing from a lot of peripherals, whether they are custom made or even like your box standard controller. It just seems rumble for rumble's sake rather than proper tactile feedback. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, there's a very noticeable gap between. I think I even saw a review of somebody saying it that, like, when you play Astro Astro's Playroom, which is going to be the game most people play first on their PS5 because it's already installed, so it's literally yep. press a button, you immediately into the game. It uses every aspect of the Dual Sense, and not just uses them all; it uses them brilliantly. And I sure I saw a review on YouTube that said, oh, it uses it brilliantly, and this is the first and last time you'll ever see it used properly. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it is. It is used well in Returnal. You do get you know really nice use of the features in Returnal. But even there, the kind of the distinction between your left hand and your right hand isn't there. There isn't mm-hmm. any connective kind of rumble between... Uh, you know, in sort of spikes, like a feel of it. If they could do it so that it felt like, uh, you know, like a graphic equalizer going up in certain areas and down in others and stuff like that, that would be really good. But that's probably beyond most people. But anyway, yeah, it, it, it's a combination of putting that technology in is expensive, but even when you've done it, most most companies can't be bothered coding for it. Yeah. So if you're not going to get that kind of low level commitment from uh from coders then you're not going to get it in most games and going back to the thing on the mouse most players who use mice in games are competitive players and they want the most basic functions that's the thing i get really annoyed by for fps players going oh mouse is still the best control it's like it's not what you've done is you've you've stayed in your lane to a degree where you've you forced a lack of development and change, yeah. and it's like yes, it's a high resolution mouse, but it has no other value other than other than that for to, to play those specific type of games. So the high end spenders don't want it. The low end spenders can't afford it, and the mid range are like, well, I'll play it, but as long as you make it a part, a feature of what I already have. So it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's a right pain in the ass. Yeah, um, you actually make a very good point. I, I've never been able to play an FPS with keyboard and mouse. Never been. My, my coordination, for whatever reason, goes, yeah, no. Yeah. You, you, you want to control that mouse, you might, and that's fine. I'm not telling your left hand what to do. So I'm like, I can move around and I can look around, or I can move on the keyboard. I cannot do both. My brain just goes, uh, you make a choice and you stick with that choice. 
put the controller in my hand, my brain goes, I'll switch off and you know what you're doing. That's fine. Um, but I've recently discovered on the Steam Deck, and I thought I'll give it a go, because I've been trying to use the trackpads, and I was like, yeah, that's all right. The uh, flick stick, um, yeah. which is kind of, it basically, it maps a point on the right stick. So if you press up, you're looking ahead. You're looking at that point. If you pull straight back, your character will turn directly 180 degrees instantly. Will turn, you know, so basically every point is a 360 degree, degree point on the controller. Um, so you're not turning, you're not manually turning. So you literally look to where you want to look instantly. Um, and it's just works. It, it takes a while to get used to because it's brand new for so many people. Uh, but I think we've seen now that there is a better option than the mouse. Because it gives you that immediacy that the mouse would give you, that people set up on their mouse. It gives you that immediacy, but on a controller. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes and what that changes to a controller. Because, yes, we're all used to the, you know, two analog sticks, the triggers, the, the, the RBRLB, directional pads, your face buttons, etc. But I think what we're seeing now with the Steam Deck is we're adding other things in by default. And I think they're doing the um, the faculty style in via the back door, um, where the rear buttons, I don't, like, when I've tried using, like, an Elite controller on an Xbox, the rear paddles felt weird to me because they were the actual paddles you added on. They just didn't, something about it, I just couldn't get my head around. But the rear buttons on the, on the Steam Deck, something about them feels right. And having the trackpads, unlike the original Steam controller, where the trackpads were also the analog sticks, but going there, actually, we've got analog sticks and we've got trackpads, is adding functionality. And you've got that custom functionality as well. And it's just adding so much to it that I, I honestly think we're about to see another step in a controller generation because of what Valve are doing with the Steam Deck, and you gradually see Sony have got it with their back... I can't remember what they called it on their one, their back plate or whatever they've called it for the DualSense. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, I know, I know yeah. the one, yeah. And uh, Microsoft doing it with the, uh, with the Elite controllers. They're really trying to push it. And what I think's really good, and this is where I think Sony and Microsoft both made a huge mistake by not just having back buttons on their controllers this generation as standard... Yeah. Turn it off so it doesn't work with the Xbox One, if need be, or the PS4, if need be. Stop those buttons working if you still want backwards compatibility, but, you, you know, you don't want to find a way of holding those buttons in. But have them work for all new games that work on PS5 and Xbox Series games. Valve have come out and gone, look, here's an entirely new console. We are now bringing these features as standard. As standard. Now, games companies, you go do what you want with them. Developers... It's up to you how you use them. And I think that is, I think, the next major step. And I honestly think when we get to PlayStation 6 and Xbox, whatever they decide to do naming convention this time round, I honestly think then we will see these back buttons at the very least. If not, trackpads added. And I think controllers will be bigger as well because there's something about that Steam Deck's chunkiness that works. I, I'm even finding it really weird going back and holding an Xbox controller sometimes. Because of the chunkiness of that um, of that Steam Deck, I think it works. 
So I wonder yeah. if we might see a real evolution coming up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes back to... Um, I, I, I feel as though right in the centre of this pinnacle, a most important player in the game is Nintendo. Because yeah. the Switch is just so all-dominant and it's such a clever form factor. And it's the, the gackiest... Uh, processor of all, all of them but nobody yeah. cares and every yeah, I know that people moan about it a bit on forums but they're middle aged men <laughs> generally people generally the buying population apart from the elderly um, really love the form factor and they give you in the box uh, a ha- you know a, an old fashioned controller handle you know to, cl- to clip the things into um, if you don't want to play it you know as a handheld device and so it's like you know, what are they going to do with the Switch 2? You know, what are they going to focus on? Are they going to dial back the fact that it's a handheld and lean more into it being a desktop thing? Or are they going to go the other way and make it even more of a handheld and put things in the handheld that are like the Steam Deck? And I I feel as though they might go the Steam Deck route. And, you know, not power-wise, it's still going to be really underpowered. But um, con- physically, control-wise, I think they might lean into their patent on the rumble, you know, their high-resolution rumble. Yes. They might put back pads on. The only the only drawback with all of this, from every sort of developer, um, is the need for legacy controls. So they you can't enjoy games that use uh, a pad and, and face buttons with... Uh, with a, an analog stick and you know, like triggers, um, yeah. they just don't play or, or are anywhere near as enjoyable um, or even sometimes at all playable with that kind of control. And, and Nintendo will never get rid of that because they rely too much on their old titles, you know, their their back catalogue that they charge people for. So they're always going to be hamstrung by keeping legacy controls in. Um, so yeah, it's really strange. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm interested to see it though. I I think a lot, as I say, I think a lot of problems have already been solved with the the types of wands that you use in VR. And in an ideal world, I think I think a a, a machine should come with a basic controller and a more sophisticated set of separate controllers that abandon legacy systems altogether. Yeah, I, I, I said this. I, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast a couple of years ago um, or whether I just said it in my head. Who knows? The, the podcast could be in my head for all I know. Um, <laughs> it is. Woo. Yeah. Uh, twist. Um, is I really expected Nintendo with the detachable controllers to basically go. Oh, look, we're releasing a back catalogue of N64 games. Here's a N64-styled Joy-Con that you could slap on, and there you go, you've got an N64 controller on your Nintendo Switch. Uh, We're now doing some GameCube uh, re-releases. You know, we're selling them to you at 30 quid apart, blah, blah, blah. Um, And for 50 quid, you could buy GameCube Joy-Cons to play them as intended. Um, etc etc but they never did they kind of didn't you know they brought out the uh the NES controller the SNES controller that you could play bluetooth but none of them were what i thought the switch could do which is that split joy con stick them on the audio controller but have gamecube layouts for example um which is a shame but what i want to see from the next switch or whatever nintendo do 
is they've gone full like small with it, which is really good. And I, I've said a couple. I know a lot of other people that have played the Steam Deck that have gone back. The Switch is tiny. It's so thin. It's awkward to hold. Make that bad boy chunkier. Um, we seem to have this obsession with thinness in our video games consoles, um, apart from Sony with the PS5. But make those controllers, make you know, make the Switch a chunky boy. At least the controllers, or give me the option of some officially supported chunky controllers that I can hold on to properly. Because I can't hold a Switch anymore. It's so... <laughs> You know the saying, once you go Steam Deck, you never go back. Or, you know, but yes. it's... I, I don't know. Nintendo, you're right. They they control in so many ways what happens with video games um, and what the future is. And I will be worried if they stuck to what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's so hard, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you try... you got to think about size of hands as well. I mean, I... I have no problem at all with the Switch. Uh, none of its forms, because I've got tiny, tiny little Trump hands, and it's never been a problem for me. And kids love the Switch as well, and and they don't have any trouble because they've got tiny hands. And it's like, yeah, what are the what are Nintendo realistically going to do about that when their main audience is is people you know under fourteen kind of thing? And oh yeah, not much. Yeah, um, and how many add on? I mean, you could have a backplate add on that you you put on it that you could put on it in the in the box. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> There's so many configurations that it just boggles the mind. I don't know how they ever settle on a on a controller other than just you know being comfortable and <laughs> going with the old designs. I agree. Um, and before I go on to another one, I'm just going to say I've got plenty to talk about, but we are running out of time, so I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, and it, it's been a a very unusual week uh, and we hope that we've been able to take your mind off whatever's been going on in the world and not even nothing, going, yeah, nothing not even talking about it <laughs> in the meantime as usual follow us on all the socials make sure you join our discord if you would like to chat about any subject at all support us on patreon if you can afford it never put yourself in a situation where it would cause you obviously any financial difficulty but if you can that would be most appreciated and in the meantime stay safe and stay sane